It is amazing. It's amazing how today ties in, the scripture ties in, that we, we didn't plan on being in this place at this time for this season. But the Lord knew where we were going to be at today. He knew what was going to go on today. He knew we were doing the Lord's Supper. And as we confess our sins and prepare, isn't it amazing before we take the Lord's Supper, the Lord tells us to examine ourselves, confess any unconfessed sins? Isn't it amazing before we pray for healing, that God tells us to examine ourselves and confess sins? Isn't it amazing that God says before the blessing comes, He wants us to get to the place that we're right with Him so that He can open that channel of blessing to us and actually bless us abundantly? It's an, we serve an amazing God. Amen? That was about five. We serve an amazing God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Acts chapter, listen, Acts chapter 17. Let's jump right into it because this is amazing. And you almost could tell the story from last week, right? Every week Paul goes into a synagogue and every week Paul's getting in trouble. As we used to say when we were kids, he's getting his behind kicked every time he goes somewhere, right? Up to the place of being almost killed. He comes to the place where he's been stoned drug out, thrown his way as trash, and each week as Paul gets back up, why does he keep doing it? Do you ever ask that question? Why, Paul, why do you keep doing it? And I want to tell you this morning, Paul kept doing it because it was the will of God. He understood his calling. He understood what God said for him to do. He understood what God said he would go through so that he might be well, deemed successful in the kingdom of God. God had a plan, and Paul executed God's plan. Was he perfect? No, because Paul says the things I do that I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I do. And the flesh was at war with the spirit at all times. He was a man, like you and I are humans, he was just like us. Except he was called by God and he understood his calling. Let's look at Acts chapter 17. We're going to pick up where we left off last week. We're going to pick up in verse 10. As you know, back in, uh, we go back in Acts, you look where in, in uh, chapter 17, when he come to the to Thessalon- uh, Thessalonica, uh, he preached in the synagogue again, the Jews uh, listen, he had to reason with the Jews. They understood. Some accepted Christ. And many of the Greeks believed. Many of the non-Jews believed. But some of the Jews, the unbelieving Jews, the Bible said they were not persuaded. And they in turn started said, this man is turning the world upside down. And they stirred up the city. And the brothers in Christ, what did they do for Paul? Like we have this morning, we, they come alongside the brothers in Christ. Christian brother quickly got him together and sent him down to the town of Berea. He went south to Berea. But I want you to see some things as we read the scripture. Let me pick up at verse 9. So when they had taken security from Jason, and by the way, Jason, he didn't do anything besides just host him. He let him stay in his house. And I want you to know sometimes when you mess around with preachers, you'll get arrested and have to post bond, right? Then that's what's going to be happening in our culture today. Every time Paul goes somewhere, somebody gets in trouble. It costs somebody something where Paul goes because he's sacrificing his life daily for the message of Jesus Christ. Now, we, we looked this morning in Bible study life groups. If you came early, nobody came early, early this morning. I didn't see anybody, didn't set your clock back. You must have did it just right today. But people, listen, we read where Peter preached the day of Pentecost when the church was founded. He preached that Jesus Christ died, was buried, and rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Well, guess what Paul preached every time he went somewhere? That Jesus Christ was the Messiah. That he died, he was buried, and he rose again according to the scriptures. You must be born again, Jesus himself said. And after you're born again, Jesus said, you must be baptized. It was a command. It was not a suggestion. And a lot of times today we get into all kinds of different teachings, and we're going to get into those in just a moment when we see the Bereans. People are bringing all kinds of teachings to the house of God today. Foolish teachings that people are being swayed by and, and taken away by. But let's read together as he goes down. The brothers are now moving Paul out. 
Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. When they arrived, they went into the, where'd they go again? It's like MMA fight for Paul. Every time Paul goes to town, he finds a synagogue and he gets into the Jewish, because he said he believed, Romans 1.16, that the message of the gospel was for who first? The Jew first and then the Gentiles. So everywhere he went, he went to the Jew first. These were more fair-minded, or your Bible might say noble, than those in Thessalonica, and that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Therefore many of them believed, and also not a few of the Greeks, prominent women as well as men. But when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was preached by Paul and Berea, they came down there also and stirred up the crowds. Then immediately the brethren, this is our Christian brethren, sent Paul away to the sea. Both Silas and Timothy remained there. So those who conducted Paul brought him to Athens. And receiving a command from Silas and Timothy to come to him with all speed, they departed. What does this all mean? Let's look and see in the word of God. Let's pray. Father God, we pray we would understand your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The title of today's sermon is simply this. Search the scriptures how often? Daily. Just like the Bereans. The Bereans were commended for searching the scriptures. Now Mary Beth said our memory verse today, so I won't call on anybody else. But next week you should have that memory verse. This is the memory verse for November also because we're running right into the end of October. Have that Hebrews 4.12 memorized. It's on the front of your bulletin. It's on your notes. It should be on your bathroom windows. It should be wherever you go and look at yourself for a long time that you can spend time reading the Word of God and memorizing Hebrews 4.12. I want you to take notes and see this today. God called Paul to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. Is that true? Through repeated adversities, Paul demonstrated holy boldness. Holy boldness. Acts chapter 9, verse 15 to 16 tells us when he, his, this was his salvation day. You go back and look at what it said the Lord was talking to, uh, not to Paul, but he was talking to, to Ananias and telling him, listen, you're going to do what I say to do because Paul's my chosen vessel. Ananias explained, Lord, he's, he's causing trouble. He's persecuting the church. I don't want to be arrested. I don't want to give up my livelihood. This is what the Lord said. But the Lord said to him, go for Paul is my chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and to the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. You say, suffer for the name of Jesus Christ. That sounds like it shouldn't be. Jesus is love, God is love, and yet he calls us to suffer. Did he not teach when he was here on earth? Blessed are you when you're persecuted for my name's sake. So they persecuted the prophets before you. But great is your reward in heaven. When you're calling out the name of Jesus Christ, when you're preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, listen, I want to tell you, God's in heaven commending you for that. Jesus said, listen, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go make disciples. Go baptize them. And go teach them everything I've taught you. Remember, I'm always with you till the end of the age. And God is with us. Is that true? Amen. All right, I need an adult to go sit back here in the very back corner back here. If you're, Matt Jones, if you'll slide over and be my, my uh, I'm not going to contend with talking while we're preaching. If you want to go play, go outside. This is the place to play. Um, Church, I want to focus on the notes. This is very important for us to know today. We're, this is the house of God, a very serious call for us. Look at the note number two. A great number of people who believed in the name of Jesus in Thessalonica through the preaching of the word. Remember, it's the preaching of the word. It's not gimmicks. It's not games. It's the preaching of the word of God by Paul and Silas. The church was planted and experienced immediate growth. This caused the unbelieving Jews to be envious and violent. They wanted to harm Paul 
and they wanted to harm, harm his team. Listen, every time that we preach the word of God, people will come against the house of God. Is that true? People will come against the man or woman of God because Satan hates you and he hates me. Number one, I've told you before, if you're a human, he hates you. Because you were made in the image of God, Genesis 1, 26 and 27. But if you're a human who's been saved by the grace of God, he double hates you if you could possibly do that, right? Because he knows your eternity is secure. He knows where you're headed and what he wants to do to you. He's not necessarily wanting to harm you and put you out of business, but he wants to come to the place he puts you in neutral. Any of you put your car in neutral before and think you're sitting at a red light? Sometimes I had a car, it would pull forward. I couldn't brake hard enough, so I put it in neutral, but when the light would change, catch me off guard, and I'd give it the gas, and the car goes where? Nowhere. Put it back in drive. God wants us to be in gear for him, if you would. So I want you to see this. Listen, Christian brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas to Berea for safety purposes. For them, they were protecting the preacher. For them, they were protecting the team. But for God, if you want to see in your notes, this movement was another one of God's divine appointments. God had a plan for Paul to be in Berea. Amen? But the brothers saw it and said, listen, brother, they're going to kill you, man. These men have come here to cause trouble. They stirred up trouble in Thessalonica. They're going to come here to Berea, and they're going to kill you as well. They're going to kill you. So the brothers moved him down to Berea, first and foremost, from Thessalonica for his safety. But they didn't know they were actually working the plan of God. Do you understand how that works in your life? Let me ask you this question. This came to me when I was studying this week. How many times has God ever failed in Scripture? Come on, church. How many times has he ever failed? How many times have you ever failed in your life? So what do you have to fear for the future? We have an election coming up, right? People are all upset about the election. Whoa, if Trump gets it again. Whoa, if Biden gets in. Whoa, if our state, Lindsey Graham, whoa, whoa, if we get in, we get, have y'all heard it? Harrison gets in. We get all these people that we know. We act like we know them like they've been eating at our dinner table. We don't know any of these people, do we? We know what the news has told us. We know what people have said on social media. We know what others have said instead of investigating for ourselves. Is that true? And we'll stand. Somebody, I guarantee if, if we didn't say anything, we said, hey, today's platform, you get to come up here to the microphone and give five minutes while you're going to speak for your favorite candidate for president. And every one of you would give, let me tell you what, if we get this guy in or we get this guy again, right? And you would just espouse what someone else told you to say. The news told you what to say. Social media told you what to say. Your race, you'll pull back from a race category. You'll pull back from your socioeconomic status, right, if it's money. You'll pull back from your job, if it's your career, whatever it might be. You'll speak from something that affects you personally. And you'll think you have to project that on someone else because this is what I believe. Therefore, if I believe it, it's right. Is that true? Have you, anybody, has anybody voted early? I voted early. It was about 70 people in front of me, about 70 people behind me. And so the question comes is, why vote? Because God's put you and me in this city, in this country, for such a time as this. This state, for such a time as this. God's at work whether you like it or not. Whether your candidate gets in position or not. God's in authority. The Bible says God ordains government, not we. Don't think you're so special that you put the government in place. Uh Uh-huh, my guy won. My woman won, right? Don't think you're that special. It is God in heaven who's never made a mistake. It is he who puts people in place. So what are we worried about? We do our civic duties. We, we actually have been given the rights as, as Americans to actually come to the place, and we, our government's established in such a way that we can go vote. Is that correct? So we go to the place and we exercise what's been given to us. Well, watch what these men, these brothers knew these men were coming from Thyatira, he, I mean Thessalonica. He knew they were, Paul's got a reputation by now, right, in Europe. Europe and Asia, Paul's got a reputation of coming in and stirring up trouble. 
He's got a reputation of stirring up trouble, people wanting to fight, try to kill him, if not kill him, we read before, in Lystra, Derby. But he's also got a reputation of coming to a place that people's lives are being changed. That man used to be an old drunkard down the end of the street. He now has given his heart and life to Jesus Christ. He goes to, he goes to worship services every week. Something's changed with that man. And it's not just a man or just a woman. It's multitudes of people that have been changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And people in the community notice when you change and give your heart and life to Jesus Christ. They notice. These men, listen, they notice. Because these men complain. Watch this. I'll show you the complaint. After arriving in Berea, Paul preached the gospel in the Jewish synagogue. The Bereans, there's something that's special about the Bereans. This is Greek and Jewish Bereans. The Bereans searched the Old Testament Holy Scriptures against what they had heard, uh, heard preached. They heard the gospel said, is that true? What does it say that in the Bible, right? Now, of course, they didn't have a Bible like we had. They had scrolls. And, and Paul would pull out a scroll, Isaiah 53, and he would preach about the suffering servant, the suffering Messiah. He would pull out Psalm 22 and he'd preach about the coming Messiah who must die for our, our sins. And they would say, is that true? And they would pull out the scrolls and they would actually read them for themselves. Now listen, church, I mentioned a couple things this morning. There's some things that's going on in, in society. It's insane what's happening in churches or places of, where people are gathering. Let me give you these notes and let me, let me finish that note. As a result, many received the message of salvation through faith in Christ with great eagerness. Many became believers in Jesus Christ. Isn't that the end result? Either to let you come become a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ or to come grow in Christ. Isn't that our goal? As we go, we make disciples. As we make disciples, we teach disciples. So listen, it's important. Who does the business though? We go, who does the business? It's the Holy Spirit of God who does the business. Today I want to mention a couple things that are teachings in the Bible. There's a new phenomenon that's not real, relatively new. Gold dusting, where dust falls out of the ceiling and sparkles on people, and, and people are just, if you look on YouTube, it's called gold dusting in church. And people receive it, and it sparkles on their face, and it sparkles on their skin. And they say, if you don't believe it, you had to be here. It's a phenomenon. Can you find anywhere in the Bible where there's gold dusting going on in the Bible? And so people are like, they said one church, they had it, and they invited, they called everybody and said, hey, gold fell from the ceiling today. And right above the, where the gold fell from the ceiling was the air duct. Do you think there's any man-made business behind this? Because I'll tell you, brothers and sisters, God doesn't toy in fool's gold. Amen? And he's going to come down, and I told you before, my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches in glory. He don't have his riches in glory up in heaven dropping stuff out of heaven. He has his riches where? In your back pocket, in your bank account, in my purse, my, my, my back pocket, my wallet, my wife's purse. That's where his riches and glory are. So when he calls us to do a work, he calls his people to do a work. He doesn't rain down dust, gold dust from heaven. Because what would happen? People would actually be in there collecting like this. Y'all know what would happen if gold started falling from heaven, don't you? Everyone, y'all be pushing everybody out of the way. I, want, I just want the glory of God, right? You'd, you'd blame it. I want, to get, I want the gift of God. You'd be having Halloween buckets and everything else out here, offering plates, trying to catch it so you can do what? Come on, church, what would you do with it? You wouldn't say, oh, this is the glory of God. You would actually go and take it to the bank or somebody would buy that gold and say, I got this at church, I'm going back next week. And would you come back next week for the gospel of Jesus Christ or the glory of God in the gold? You come back for the gold. Listen, this is man-made tomfoolery. That's an old word, right? Foolishness. There's another thing called angelic feathers. I was out front looking. Julian thought I lost my mind. I was out there looking for a mockingbird's feather, and I was going to have somebody drop it. 
You know, we got a catwalk up there. Anybody can be up there manipulating. If today, if we wanted to drop gold dust from heaven, I could have some guys that were shaking some bags of, of glitter from the children's department, and y'all see glitter fall all down. You'd be like, oh, the gold from heaven's come. Would you be fooled by that? Be like a Berean and search the scriptures. This is not biblical. Whoever's responsible for that should be arrested. Amen? These pastors and these shenanigans are pulling this mess off. Now listen, they're, they're fooling the people that's supposed to be the people of God. You as people of God must be like the Bereans. That's why today's sermon is search the scriptures daily. Is that biblical? And when you look in the biblical, listen, is gold dusting biblical? I don't have to spend one second talking about it much longer, right? How about these bird feathers that are falling from heaven? Or I knew there was an angel here because there's a feather here. You walked it in on your shoe. Amen? If it's an angel, and there's no record of an angel in the Bible except cherubim and seraphim of having wings. If it's a spiritual being, there's no way. If they did have wings, and I'm not saying they do, I don't believe they do, because every time you see them appear in the Bible, they appear as men. Amen? And then they're going to leave, so, oh, oh, Gabriel, you dropped a feather back there, dude. They're going to find a feather. What is that feather going to do for you? Absolutely nothing. Listen, don't get led astray by these false teachings, church. Search the scriptures daily and find out that is not biblical. There's another one, travailing in the spirit. Have you all heard this one? People are YouTubing it for themselves, but it was in... uh, Jim Sibyl's book, when he went to Australia, they have little tents like my grandkids have, and women come up on stage during the service, and they moan, and they groan, and they travail in the Spirit, and they say they're giving birth in the Spirit. How sick and disgusting can that be? But you, we say that and say, listen, it's happening in what's called the church. There's people, y'all saw this, it didn't last long because nobody could back it up with Scripture, laughing in the Spirit. This guy, <laughs> <laughs> and he gets, everybody starts laughing, and they call it, that's a worship service, laughing in the Spirit. Is that in Scripture? God is not up to that kind of foolishness, church. Search the Scriptures daily. And finally, the worst one, I don't know how they cleaned this up, it didn't last long, urinating in the Spirit. I'm not kidding you, look it up. Urinate right where you're sitting in the Spirit. Anybody want to come to church next week and clean that up? That's foolishness from man-made craziness. How far can we take people? How far can we actually take people? And you say, Pastor, those are crazy things. Well, let me just mention some things that come home to you. How about Twitter? How about TikTok? How about some of the foolish stuff that you guys are looking at and you're thinking it's real or you come to the place and if it does become where it actually manifests itself, you will think it's real. You've got to come to the place where the Word of God says, listen, stop this. Be holy as I am holy, says the Lord. Paul was preaching. He would take the scrolls and say, listen, God had a plan. God's not in this foolishness of mankind. God doesn't do these foolish things that men are doing. God speaks truth. And listen, God's serious about salvation. God wants you saved. God wants your neighbor, your sister, your brother, your mama. He wants them saved. And we're fooling around playing games with God with feathers and gold dust. God forbid. It'll never be here as long as I'm pastor. Listen, we won't have those gimmicks and those things pulled, uh, pulling games on people just so that we can actually get a crowd. They said the second service after the first gold dusting, people called their family and said, hey, there's gold dropping from heaven. Guess what happened at church? Had an overflow crowd. Wives tells, you go back and look, 1 Timothy, Paul tells Timothy, listen, you stop all those foolish wives tales in the church. Y'all know wives tales, right? We could sit around up here and I guarantee we could, we could tell we're from all different backgrounds. We could tell all kind of crazy stories that we were told growing up that if you do this, this happens, right? Foolishness. Listen, check the scriptures.
the church of Berea. Let's get to the notes. The church of Berea was planted and grew among the Messianic Jews. These are Jews who believe Jesus is the Messiah. Christianity also spread to the Greeks, which diversified the church of God. Don't you love that God's church is so diverse? You know who's messed up the church of God? We have. We got the white church, the black church, the Chinese church, the Hispanic church. We want to go through, and even the Hispanic church. Got to be Guatemala, Nicaragua, Honduras. It's crazy. It's crazy because mankind are what's called homogeneous of one or like kind. We'd like to be around people like us. Well, you know who people like us are? Blood-bought saints of the living God. We talked about this before. Who's your grandpa? Your oldest grandpa is who? Adam. Say it loud. Who's your oldest grandpa? Adam. Who's your oldest grandma? Eve. That's mine also. If Adam's your grandpa and Eve's your grandma, that makes you my cousin or something, right? There's not races that people divide us today in America and around the world. There's the human race. Every person, listen, Answers in Genesis, great article. They found that every person is brown. Every person has a shade of brown, and it goes from light brown all the way to dark brown. Everyone has brown in their skin. He said, I didn't know that, Pastor. You did, didn't you, sister? Listen, we come to the place. Because we understand we have a common, listen, a common ancestor who is Adam. Common ancestor who is Eve. We come to the place when they reproduce, guess who they made? You and me, here we are today. He said, what about Noah's flood? Well, guess who Noah's grandpa was? Adam. And guess who his grandma was? Exactly. Yes, it got narrowed down for a short period of time, but we came from the same stock. We came from that dust or that dirt in the garden that day. I told you before, you know what you're worth? If you melted you down, all the chemicals and everything that's in your body, all, all the minerals and stuff that's in your body, you're worth about $1.39. How does that make you feel? Yet God sent his only beloved son from heaven to save sinners like you and like me. Let's, let's finish up the notes. The church of Berea was planted and grew among the Messianic Jews. Christianity spread to the Greeks, which diversified the church of God. This was a demonstration that the gospel was for the whole world. In John 3, 16, y'all know it? Say it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. And then Romans, should be Romans 1, 16 and 17. Should be both verses. Romans 1, 16 and 17. I had a little typo there on my notes. But God said, listen, this, this message is for the Jew and then also for the Gentile. But they couldn't stand themselves. Watch what happens. Every time God's at work, what happens? The devil tries to come in, doesn't he? The unbelieving Jews from Thessalonica heard what they hear, that the word of God was preached by Paul at Berea. So they came and they stirred up the town of Berea. Paul had to move on. Is that true? From the word of God, he had to move on. The Berean church, what they do? The brothers and sisters, they immediately sent Paul away to Athens for his next divine appointment. The persecution, God was fulfilling his will in Paul's life. Is that true? How about in your life? Silas and Timothy, listen, they remained in Berea. I'll put this note in here for you. Berean church a short while after Paul was sent to Athens. Why? The brothers likely stayed behind to baptize and disciple the new members in First Baptist Berea. I couldn't help but put it there because they were baptizing them. So First Church, First Baptist Berea, they had to stay behind and baptize those believers because Paul had to get out of town quickly. Is that true? Is that true? Because they're trying to kill him. People heard the word. They searched the scriptures daily. Paul had to get up, get out of town, and finally look at this in the notes. I ask you some questions. Is it your habit to search the scriptures daily, yes or no? 
Only you know. When you hear a new teaching, do you investigate it and bounce that teaching off what the Bible says? Because I'm telling you, there's people that are, there's wolves in sheep's clothing standing in pulpits today, leading many, many people astray. There's preachers this Sunday that will tell you they're preaching who to vote for on Tuesday. They're going to tell you all about liberation and rights and they're going to tell you what all the suppression or the oppression, and they're going to tell you all different things, and they're going to tell you what's coming if you don't, right? And it's every stripe of preacher, from large churches down to the small country churches, and they're telling people, this is how you vote. Get out the vote. And what people are saying when they say get out the vote, what do they mean? Vote like me. Vote like I, vote like I say to vote. But let me just encourage you today. You are a true American today, if you are an American and you have the right to vote for whoever you like. True? Whoever's on the ballot, push it. But vote biblically. I don't tell you who to vote for, Republican or Democrat. Vote. If a man stands listening with God, I'm, I'm for him. You say, well, who's standing with God? <laughs> You're right. It's harder and harder. One of my cases is that we, uh, for life, if a man can choose to take a baby's life just for the convenience of a woman, listen, God forbid. God forbid. I would never push my button for somebody who says, I support women to kill their babies. I can't. I just can't do it. I don't care how many other great attributes they have. I don't care if they're in church every Sunday. But if they can choose to take a baby's life and choose, not just one. Y'all know that, right? When you vote for that person, you're not voting for them to let one woman take a baby's life. For four, six, every how many years they're in office, that's how many years. And multiply that times how many women, multiply how many babies you go through and, and potentially, listen, potentially we're joining together knowing, if I know, willingly know it, that that man or that woman votes to kill babies and I join with them, guess what that makes me? In South Carolina, I'm an accomplice to that murder. Is that true? Think before you vote. God's given us a privilege. Think before you vote. But more than that, think before you say. And more than that, think before you act what somebody in a religious cloak says to you, tells you to do, if it's not backed up by the Word of God. Search the Scriptures daily. Let's pray together. Father God, we know that we have so many responsibilities in this life. And Father, sometimes when we act like we're God, we think people should think like we think. We think people should act like we act. We think people should talk like we talk. And Father, I thank you that you've given us a diverse world. That not, no two people are alike. Just like the snowflakes. Father, I, I'm thankful that when they come down, they look similar, but they're not the same. This morning, Father, as we've had a chance to pray, hear from Scott, hear from Mary Beth, but also to pray and hear from the Holy Spirit, Lord, that we would be men and women of God who search the Scriptures daily to find out, Lord, teachings that we hear if they're true. Some people in this room, you've called to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Some people you've called as missionaries. And some people in this room, you've called to actually would be teachers, Sunday school teachers, Bible teachers, to children, to youth. But Father, may we never get idle and sit on the sideline thinking that somebody else's job. You never tell us an age to retire. You tell us to keep on keeping on because, listen, you're coming soon. We look forward to your return. Father, we want to tell you this morning we love you. And, Father, when we fail you, Father, would you just help us get push, push on that we might actually come to the foot of Jesus and say, I'm sorry, would you forgive me, knowing that you already have taken away our sins. Thank you for this love relationship you give us an opportunity to be a part of. And I pray for my brothers and sisters that are here this morning, my friends that might be here today, that have never accepted Jesus Christ. I pray that today would be the day of salvation. Father, have your will and your way in our life, we pray in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.